We are talking about destination and worship. I, I really feel, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody want to do that? I, I really feel that um, as we speak about destination and worship, God's doing something in our worship. Do you feel that? Do you feel it? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. In fact, uh, when uh, Anne said, I have a word from the Lord, I said, please do that. I'm not sure what to do next. <laughs> I'll just be transparent about it. Uh, but it was wonderful to spend time in the presence of the Lord. It's wonderful to see the Lord having this level of expression into us. And we need to receive that. And I keep feeling the Lord pulling us. Do you feel that? He's pulling us into his presence. He's saying last week the, the whole theme uh, around worship was just come on in, come closer. And he's just, the, the, the Lord is drawing his people in as close as we will come. To him. And I'm just going to challenge you that he wants that same relationship with you and that same experience with you at home. He, listen, a walk with God is not one day a week. It's seven days a week. And so the Lord is just drawing you in. Um, we've been talking about uh, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And you can just put that uh, slide up if you have it. Uh, I'm not going to point at it today, I don't think. The first one, that one, just leave that right there. That's what we're talking about. The, pattern, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, uh, because there is a destination in worship and it is drawn out in the tabernacle. And uh, I don't want to um, belabor this point, uh, but I do want to tell you kind of what we've talked about so far. We've talked about when God instructed Moses, he instructed him uh, to put that tabernacle together after the exact pattern. And we understand that the pattern that God gave of the things in earth is a pattern of something in heaven. The way that things are in heaven. God patterns those things for us to understand some eternal principles. And then uh, we've talked about how the worship of God is the center of all existence. He desires to be the center. All of those tents in that picture that you're looking at face the tabernacle. The tabernacle is in the middle and the presence of God is in the middle of the tabernacle. So God wants to be the center of your life. We've talked about that. I'm not going to re-preach that this morning. Everybody say amen. Uh, Say thank you, Lord. And then... uh, the entrance uh, to the tabernacle door, we talked about that on Easter uh, Sunday. Uh, we talked about that Jesus is the door. And, and there's only one entrance there. Anyone who comes in any other way, Jesus said, is a thief and a robber. You want to get into my presence? You want to get into the presence of the Father? You come through me, Jesus said. There's no other way. So he was either who he said he was or he was the biggest fiasco that ever walked the face of the earth. I choose to understand, I know that he is who he said he is. He's the savior of the world. He wasn't just a good man. He either told the truth or he told lies. I don't think people ever have ever really thought about it that way. He either told the truth or he told lies. He wasn't just a good guy. He told the truth. He told the truth. All right, so... Uh, This morning, I want to just uh, go on from there, and I want to talk to you about the outer court. That's all we're going to talk about today, the outer court. Inside that drape of white uh, 
linen around there is a courtyard. And I just, I, I wanted to talk to you about the brazen altar. Next week, we'll talk about the brazen altar and the, the laver, the washing laver that are there in the outer court. But today, I just want to talk to you about the outer court. The outer court is open to the elements. The outer court in your approach to God, when you come through the outer court, it is open to the elements. It is illuminated by natural light. In the, in the daytime, it is light, and at nighttime, it is dark in the outer court. And there are some folks, I'm just going to give you some, I'm just going to layer some of this into your life. There are some folks who, who come to God. You get through Jesus, you're in the family, right? You get through the door, you're in the door. Everybody say amen to that. You get to that, that brazen altar and you repent of your sins. You walk through the door that is Jesus. Welcome to the family. But I want you to understand that in God there is a destination. There is a greater measure. And so in the outer court, there are a lot of folks who, who live their life in the outer court. And their life at times is light and their life at times is dark. And they don't know why. Thank you for finishing that thought for me. Why is it sometimes that everything seems to be going well and and, and other times everything seems to be falling apart, everything seems to be dark, and I seem to not be able to figure out where I'm going? You're living in the outer court. Continual need to go back to the brazen altar and repent. Believe me, I still repent. Don't get me wrong. Well, repenting. If you get to the day that you don't need to say, Lord, I'm not perfect and there's some things in me you ought to wash up and scrub up a little bit. Guess what? That's the day. We'll carry you out by your feet because you'll be laid out. He's done with you if you're you're there. You've done gone on to your eternal assignment. I don't mean to be flippant about it. That's just the way that it is. There has to be illumination. There has to be light for a man to see his need for God and for him to come and humble himself at the altar of repentance. This is the drawing of the Lord. There has to be light. You didn't choose God. He chose you. He turned the light on in your understanding that that when when you came to the reality uh, and the understanding that you needed Jesus, it's because God flipped the switch in you. There has to be an illumination in the life of an individual for them to see their need for God. And so the light dawns, the sun rises in your life, and suddenly there's this understanding, I I need God. I need to have a relationship with the Creator. John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So you didn't decide that you wanted to get close to God. He decided that he wanted to get close to you. Me and God, we have this conversation all the time. I told you I don't know why he picked me. You have that, if you don't know why he picked me, you can take it up with him. 
but he picked me. I don't know why he picked you. But he did. Isn't that wonderful? He did. In his great infinite wisdom, the Holy Spirit came at the direction of the Father and he created a moment in your life of discovery where you realized, I need Jesus. There may be somebody sitting here today and you haven't had that discovery yet, but you're under the sound of my voice because the Holy Spirit is turning the light switch on in your life. The sun is rising in your life and there is a moment of discovery where you say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. So nobody comes. Jesus said, nobody comes unless the Father who sent me draws him. Listen to, the, listen to the, this great expression Jesus says, and I will raise him up at the last day. If, he, if the Father draws him and he comes on resurrection, I'm raising him up. Did you know that's who does the raising up in the resurrection? When Jesus was raised from the dead, it was the Holy Spirit at the direction of the Father who breathed life back into that mortal body. But Jesus said, whenever you get up, it'll be me raising you up. First person, first face you see. Listen, this ought to encourage some of y'all. Especially if you got your face turned that direction right now. First face you see. Jesus said, if you say yes to the drawing of the Father, I'll be there at the resurrection. I'll raise you up. Mm. That's good. That's good. But there was a discovery because the sun shone in your life. The point is that you could have never come to God unless he opened your eyes, unless he illuminated you to your need of him. The light must shine in darkness for you and I to see. We didn't find God. He found us. John 1.5 says of, of Jesus that, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God, and all of that passage there talks about Jesus coming as, as, as the Word, that He existed in the Father as the Word prior or at creation. And, and the Bible says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Listen to, first John, listen to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, The light shone in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shone in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend or realize that the light was shining. That's Jesus. In our approach to God, there's only one way to the depth of his presence and it's through Jesus and the light has to shine in our life for that to happen. But I don't want you to live your life in the outer court. The outer court is a wonderful place, but half the time it's dark. Half the time, anyone in the outer court is stumbling around. Trying to find their way because it's dark. There's no lampstand in the outer court. There's no discovery of the Holy Spirit in the outer court. There's no discovery of the depth of the, of the riches of his glorious presence in the outer court. 
So shallow, immature. I'm not picking on anybody. Maybe I'm picking on myself right here. Shallow, immature believers who never grow to the point that they're able to stand in His presence and walk with God and and be assured of their decision that they're walking with Him and and they're in one day and out the next and I'm walking with God today and I'm not sure what I'm doing today and and who live in that place of always wondering if, if God really loves me. They're living in the outer court. If you've been a believer for a number of years and you're still asking yourself if God really loves you, you're living in the outer court. Those questions are questions of darkness. The sun sets and you're like, where'd you go, God? I'm not being hard on you. I just want you to realize There's a place to live in God where it's not light in one moment and dark in the next. Oh, there you are. The sun comes up in the morning. Oh, there you are, God. I guess you really do love me. You understand? Listen. The outer court was designed to pass through. Oh. I just felt the Holy Spirit all over that statement. The outer court was designed to pass through. You are to come into the outer court and it is a wonderful place for sin to be forgiven and for us to wash ourselves. We'll talk about that next week. It's a wonderful place for life. Life is changed in the outer court. Life is changed in the outer court. But there's no place in the outer court. Nobody's pitching their tent there. The the outer court was designed to pass through. Now I want to challenge you. The outer court, when the sun shines and illuminates, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. When the light shines in our life, when we have seasons like we're having right now, where God is saying, come closer to me, come into my presence, push on in. When, when the Lord is saying, it, it is amazing to me as I'm uh, digging out and going through this series, it is amazing to me that, uh, that the Lord is, is overlaying that with some magnificent experiences in our season of worship. But the Lord is drawing on us as a people, as a congregation, as a gathering, uh, as a community, as a, I don't want to use the word congregation, that's people who come and go, as a community of faith, as a community of believers, God is drawing on us and saying, I want you to come closer into my presence. I want you to come into a deeper relationship with me. I want you to draw in and understand that I have a destination for you in my presence.
I want you to discover that when you step through the door, you say yes to Jesus, Lord, I have a need for Jesus. That's the step through the door. So many in our culture stop in their progression in God right there at the door. I want to know something. If someone comes to visit your home and they step through the threshold of your door, but they won't come a step further in, are they indicating to you that they desire any kind of relationship with you or fellowship with you? Man, when I go to Benjamin's house, I find the sofa. Scoot over, sit down, come up here, Rusty, I'll pet you for a minute. And the first thing that they say is, do you want some coffee? Do you want some tea? Do you want some, can, I, can I give you a hot beverage? There is in God this invitation. It is a hospitality invitation for you to come on in. I want to tell you something else. Nobody came through the door at night. When I get invited over to Benjamin's house, it's usually in the late afternoon. The sun's not down yet. I stay till night. I hang out good amount of time. But nobody comes without illumination and invitation. And we're having an invitation to the deeper things in God. The light is shining. We're, we're in a season of, if you're living in the outer court right now, you're in a season of daylight. You ought to recognize that and realize that. There are people around you in our culture they don't even believe, they, they, they'll tell you they don't think there is a God. You're in a time of light, illumination. The sun has risen in your life and there is an invitation for you to come closer to God. Now those people who, who say they don't believe that there's a God, that, that's a lie. They believe there's a God. Do you believe Scripture? Is Scripture true? The Bible says they chose to disregard Him. It was too uncomfortable to believe that there was a God because to believe that there was a God, they had to believe they needed to change. To believe that there's a God, then they have to believe that God needs to do something in them for them to approach Him. And so they choose willingly choose to disregard them. I want to read those scriptures to you. Let me read some of that to you, okay? Can I read that to you? Because it'll help you understand how to deal with the culture that you're in, and it'll help you understand that, that when the Father drew you, He was being very intentional about you. Sometimes we think that when we're in the presence of the Lord and we're worshiping God and there is a drawing upon us to come closer to Him, we think that it's just because we're in this environment. That's not what my Bible says. That I've watched people sit in an environment where God is calling sinners to repentance with their arms folded. Draw me. Just see if you can. 
Call me closer. Aduria. I've watched that spirit. So it's not about the environment because they're standing in the same environment I'm standing in and my heart's going, Oh God, bring me closer to you. Right? I've watched him. Because see, I, y'all are sitting here looking at me, but I'm, sitting, I'm standing here looking at you. And I've watched, when I've preached and the anointing of the word comes, I've watched him run out the back door. My brother, when he was a young man, and I'll get back to this in just a second because I only have a few minutes. My brother, when he was a young man, he had a hearing difficulty. He was born with a hearing difficulty. And so during those first five, six, seven years, uh, academic years, when he should have been in school learning phonetics and learning to talk and all this, he wasn't hearing well. And they were putting him in the hospital and doing surgeries on his ears. So he didn't learn to speak really clearly, and he didn't learn to uh, speak until later in life can't shut him up now but he did he didn't he, he didn't learn to speak until later years he didn't speak so when he was a young man he 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 would preach but the only thing he could say was Jesus and God and we'd get him going around the living room and 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 he'd go God Jesus God <laughs> nothing else was audible but the anointing of the Lord would come in Because he was serious about the things of the Lord. He's serious about the things of the Lord today. He loves Jesus. My aunt and uncle would come to visit and we'd get him started. And they were in a place of rebellion in their walk with God. And they weren't weren't walking with the Lord. And I watched my aunt with tears running down her face say to her husband, get me out of here or you're going to find me on my knees. Get me out of here. Seriously. And they would leave because they could feel the anointing at the name of Jesus. There's no such thing. God did not create an unbeliever. God didn't create an atheist and an agnostic. They came to that conclusion when they chose to disregard Him in their heart. I don't know why I need to go over this, but I do. Romans 12 and 3 says, and and you can say this to your atheist family. (laughs) Quote this verse for them. I say, through the grace given me, to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oh, you ought to say that to your family. Uh, <laughs> but think soberly. This is where he was going with this. Because God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You were born with a measure of faith. You were born with the ability to notice that God is. But the Bible says that those who seek Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Believing that He is does nothing for you. I'm wound up today. (laughs) Believing that He is does nothing for you unless you couple it with faith to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Unless you become a diligent seeker, you're just like the world around you. Oh yeah, I know there's a God. What does that have to do with me? 
I want him to leave me alone. Hmm. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Listen to what Romans chapter 2 and verse 14 says. We need to do that walk through Romans again, Benjamin. Are you excited about that, Rachel? Rachel's excited about a walk through Romans because when Benjamin taught Romans, one of her dear friends from high school came to Jesus. And he is on the mission field today. He came to Jesus here. Amen. Romans 2.14. Let's walk through this verse in Romans. When Gentiles who do not have the law, they have no revelation of God, by nature do the things that are in the law. What was in the law? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness. Don't steal, don't kill, don't lie. Those are the things in the law, right? When the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things of the law, these, although they don't have the law, are a law within themselves. They're a discovery within themselves. How many understand? You don't have to tell a child, thou shalt not steal, for him to know that he should not go in the neighbor's garage and take his neighbor's bike. He doesn't need any instruction to know that he shouldn't do that, right? That's what he's saying. Someone who hasn't discovered God still knows that there is good and bad and right and wrong and and, and it's written upon their hearts. God said, I wrote it there. They don't have anything to discover. They already know that's not right. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get back to this. I'm not, I haven't gone down a dirt road. Listen to me. Romans 1.18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men... I need to say this slowly because it's a very important statement. Of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You everybody, you ever have a friend who just ignored the truth? Yes. Ever had one of those guys where they 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 are going? They you just think, how foolish are you? That's like get in your race car, head down the road. The sign says the bridge is out, and you say, I don't care. Right. I'll stop before I get there, maybe. Okay, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. God has revealed himself to them, but they've decided to suppress that. Just push that aside. Anyone who's having the illumination of the presence of God and the call of God and the, uh, the, the desire of God for them to come closer and they're pushing it away. That's what my aunt was doing when she said to her husband, get me out of here before I fall on my face. Get me out of here. I'm not ready to repent. <coughs> Foolishness. For since the, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. The world around you screams, There's a God! Even His eternal power and Godhead, so they're without excuse. 
They're without excuse. Why? Because when they were invited to Jesus, there was a day of illumination that they chose to suppress. They were invited into the outer court while the sun was shining upon them, while the Holy Spirit was drawing them. And they said, I don't want to hear that. Maybe there's somebody here today and maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're thinking, I, I don't, I, I, I've, I've lived my whole life and every time somebody said the name of Jesus, I decided I don't want to hear that. You're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. You're doing exactly what the scripture has said. You have an invitation to the outer court. There's a moment of illumination. The sun is up right now in your life, but it'll go down again. Maybe you're here today and you realize I'm living in a circumstance or in a situation where it seems like at times and at seasons of my life the sun is up and everything's clear. I, I have clear vision. I kind of am, I'm sure of myself. I know where I'm going. And then all of a sudden it just seems like I'm not quite sure where I'm going. If, you, if you're living in that cycle as a believer... There's a whole lot more in God. I'm going to suspect that if you're living there, you've never gone through Timothy. Because you can't get through that much scripture if you're hungry for the things of the Lord and then stay where you're at. I'll talk about the washing labor and how the word will help you discover how you look. And the word will change you. Romans 1.28 said, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they did not like what they heard. So when they got an invitation to the outer court, they didn't like what they heard, so they chose not to retain God in their knowledge. When this happened to Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible says here it gave, that, that God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things that are absolutely inconvenient. To do the things that bring destruction. When God walked Nebuchadnezzar through a season of reprobate, when he chose no longer to retain God in his knowledge, he lost his mind for seven years. Seven years. There are a lot of people you're living with and you're passing every day who have chosen not to retain God in their knowledge. They just chose to put it out of their head. So they'll hold to every other philosophy and every other thing they can possibly think of. We are in a day of, of uh, uh, philosophies of every kind abound around us. They chose not to retain. They could not go to, a, to another philosophy unless they chose to disregard him. cannot stay in the outer court. Those who receive an invitation to the outer court and do not come, they stay outside the gate. But you've come inside the gate and you're standing before the Lord and you've repented and you've asked Jesus into your life or you've asked Him to help you and you've stepped through the threshold. Do not be the individual who determines that that's all you want. There's an invitation to come to deeper places in God. There's an invitation to come to deeper places of worship. 
There's an invitation to get past that place where it's daylight part of the time and darkness part of the time in your life. Come on in to the presence of the Lord. I can't wait till we get in the, the holy place where the lampstand is. The light is always lit. It's never dark in there. In the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, I'm out of time. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. The, the, the Lord is drawing upon you for this. Listen to this in this moment. This is the Holy Spirit. There's such a press in our culture against the moving of the Holy Spirit and against the drawing of the Holy Spirit and against the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. But because I have the Spirit of God in my life, because I have embraced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life, I want to help you with something. I never have a day of darkness. Never, never, never in my life am I at a point where I do not have a resource to be able to come and say, I don't know what to do about this or I don't know what to do about that. Would you lead me? And he speaks to me. I'm never in the dark. You don't have to be in the dark anymore. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying to some of you, 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 you're a believer, you love Jesus, but man, you live half your time in the dark. Prayer teams, you're going to have an assignment today because people are going to come and they're going to tell you, I'm one of those guys who's living half the time in the dark. I go through whole seasons of my life where I don't know what to do next. I don't have those seasons anymore. I don't always know exactly what to do in the next minute. I got to talk to God about it. But I know where I'm headed. There's no darkness. In Him, the Bible says, in Him there is no darkness. You're living in seasons of darkness, you're in the outer court, or you haven't come through the gate yet. One of two. That's the only two possible options. You haven't come through the gate, or you're still in the outer court. I want to get you past that.